Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, I was trying to do math earlier. Now, don't laugh, okay? I do have a degree from the University of Texas. Uh, and I was okay. I was pretty good at math until I got to college. Man, boy, it was tough when I got to that level. Nonetheless, okay, I was trying to do some simple math. I think I need to put an intern on this project, though. I think this is at least the 180th edition of the Texas Values Report. We have been doing this show since 2015. One of my friends I saw put up that this was however many, many podcast number episodes they had. And I was like, boy, I don't know if we ever talk about that on our show. We usually talk about how many weeks or how many years we've been doing it. But I believe we started this show in 2015. So, and I'm glad to know that number because maybe we'll do something special when we get to episode 200. But that's not what we're about to talk about on the show today. We might talk, if you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm wearing my new glasses. In case you didn't know that, I do wear glasses from time to time. Okay, um, you know, getting up in my years. But I've always had some issues with my vision, being nearsighted. Most of the time I've worn contacts. But I'll save that to the second part of the show because we got a great guest today. You won't see him in the studio with me, but he is on the line somewhere probably in North Texas trying to pay the bills on a Friday when the legislature's not that busy. Our guest today is State Representative Jeff Leach. He hails from the Greater Plano area, Greater Plano area, Collin County. He is one of just a stellar state rep, a great friend, a lawyer, an advocate. When it comes to faith and family, he is certainly a champion and a leader. And he's got some new things happening this session because he continues to play a more important role. And this year, for the first time, as committee assignments were announced last week, he has been announced as the chair of the Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence Committee. Welcome to the Texas Values Report, Representative Leach. Jonathan, good morning, my friend. Good to be with you. Well, it's great to be with you, too. Look, things are starting to move a little bit. You know, it, it kind of the, the session was a little bit different this year. We've got a new speaker, Dennis Bonin. There was not a whole lot of drama related to that, if you will. It seemed like he had it wrapped up before the session started. So a lot of unity going into this session. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or that's something to be concerned about, but maybe a little bit different mood as we've seen. You know, we've seen uh, Dennis Bonin. We've seen uh, Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor doing several press conferences together. That's been really interesting and thing, and I think very encouraging. And so, but you know, as you and I know, uh, there's only 140 days in the session, and many of those are already gone. Things are going to start moving soon, and a big part of that is because committee assignments have been announced. And as I said in the intro, you're now the chairman of the Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence. How's that feeling? Well, um, it, it's a tremendous honor. Um, very humbled to have the opportunity to um, to help steer and lead this session forward in the Texas House. And I'll tell you, uh, conservatives in the House um, have a unique opportunity this session to um, to be a part of leadership to help create a an agenda that keeps Texas strong and that makes us stronger, that protects the fundamental rights of Texans, that keeps our economy strong. And that that make sure that that government's limited, that we still have a culture of life here. I mean, we have an incredible opportunity here this session right now to deliver for the people of Texas. And I'm still here in the Texas Capitol this morning working to do just that and look forward to a great, you know, 115 more days of session um, as we work to accomplish big things for the people of the state.
Well, good for you. I'll be down there in just a little bit as soon as we wrap up the show. If you're watching on Facebook Live, the show is live right now. But if you list, you're listening to it either on iTunes, SoundCloud, it, it runs later. It runs here locally in over 40 counties in Central Texas uh, at noon on the bridge, 1120 a.m. and f.m., and Representative Jeff Leach, as I mentioned, is from the Plano area, born and raised there. You're married. You have three wonderful children. And I saw, I always try to get a little personal if I can. I saw one of the kids, one of your boys is named Landry. Does that have anything to do with the fact that you're a Dallas Cowboys fan? Well, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, and I'm a, I'm a big Tom Landry fan. And, yeah. and absolutely, <laughs> he, uh, he is named after the great Tom Landry. My other son's name is Brady. Um, I actually, he's actually not named after Tom Brady, the quarterback of the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> just want to clarify he, that. My wife kind of disagrees with that. Uh, we, we just loved the name, but absolutely Landry is named after the wonderful, uh, the great godly man and awesome football coach, Tom Landry. Well, you look, I have three children too. Uh, my older two are boys. And so we will be watching the Super Bowl this weekend and they have convinced me to become Cowboys fans over the year. You might've remembered, I worked with Kelly Shackelford a number yeah. of years ago and was in the office up there in North Texas. My boys were born in the Dallas area. So they told me, daddy, cause I'm from Houston. Okay. And they said, we were born in Dallas. We have to cheer and support the Cowboys. So they, they've worked on me, and, and, I, and I'm a supporter. Uh, I've evolved, if you will. But let's talk about um, what's going to happen or, or what we think is going to happen during this session. And we appreciate your leadership for so often. You know, you've done great things on the life issue, on faith and family issues. Property tax relief taking center stage this, this session, and not that it hasn't been important before, but there is a lot of talk about it. A bill was announced earlier this week. And look, I mean, there's a lot of the reasons that people do come to Texas because we create a climate um, where it's you know good to do business in the economy and the property tax. All those things are important. That's not to say the the faith and family aspects of our life here in Texas are not important. But what do you see going on with what happened this week in the announcement of this unity around a bill between the Senate and the House? Well, there's no question. I don't think there can be any reasonable disagreement that the people of Texas Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals all over this state, urban and rural, are are crying out for substantial real property tax relief and reform. And um, the legislature, Republicans and Democrats, have an obligation to have a deliberate conversation about that issue, and we're going to deliver that reform this session. What you saw yesterday with the release of Senate Bill 2 and House Bill 2 you saw the governor, the lieutenant governor, and, and our new speaker, Bonin, who is just doing an incredible job. You saw, as you just mentioned, a unity of purpose, a, a, a unity that, frankly, I have not seen here in my four sessions in the Texas House. As Speaker Bonin said yesterday, um, we, we can disagree about what the ultimate solution is, but we cannot disagree at this point that the House and the Senate are united in delivering for the people of Texas. One of the other things that was mentioned yesterday that I think is very important uh, for your listeners uh, your, your viewers to, to take part in is communicating with their elected officials at the state and local level. We are being bombarded with criticism and, uh, frankly, stonewalling from our county and city officials who are saying, don't get involved in our business, do not cap our ability to raise revenue, to raise our budgets, and yes, to raise taxes. 
and and we're, we we hope that they will come down here, Jonathan, and collaborate with us, work with us to deliver relief and reform. Um, but if they don't, uh, we're, we're going to deliver it anyways because the people of Texas demand and deserve it at this point in time. Well, that's right. I'm talking with State Representative Jeff Leach. I'm holding up a picture here on our Facebook Live of your wonderful family. Great, great looking family there. It's always to have. Always great to have the support of your family. I see on your website, you're like myself, a fifth generation Texan, a constitutional conservative. Speaking of being conservative, and, and look, the property tax relief is a huge issue. And, and look, I mean, the, the local governments, whether they like it or not, they are a subset of the state. They, they oftentimes try That's to right. act like they're independent and that it's the same dynamic between the federal government and the state government. It's just not true. You know, when people will talk about, well, we have to have local control. Yeah, but what about when the people locally are not in control, when when they have elected officials who are not listening to them at the local level? They're letting tax-funded lobbyists for the government control things, and they're shutting out the voices. And that's where you come in, and we, and we deal with this issue of property tax relief. One of the things that's important to you, I know, is the faith and family issues. You know, we have had close to 30,000 emails sent to members in, the, in just a week to oppose these ban the Bible bills, which essentially are bills related to sexual orientation and gender identity that would punish people of faith because of their religious beliefs, private business owners, Christian business owners, Christian counselors. And I know the life issue is important to you as well. It always has been. And we've seen a lot of dust up coming out of New York and now Virginia with these just unbelievable proposals uh, of having abortions that go up right. to the, the moment of birth, if not after. Uh, and, and so I think it's still important for Texas to show the rest of the country what we stand for. There, there's no question, Jonathan. Let me mention a couple points real quick that with respect to one final point on the property tax bill yeah. and the issue of local control, because I think this is really important. The, the, the bill that was rolled out yesterday, the bill that we're supporting, um, caps uh, a city's ability, a political subdivision's ability to raise their revenue more than 2.5%. But let's be very clear that if they want to or feel the need to raise it more than that, they can go, they have to go to the voters yes. uh, for approval. There is no better, more pure form of local control than letting the voters <laughs> decide when their taxes are raised. Yeah, that's so, real local control. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of them fear. <laughs> And that's absolutely right. And frankly, my, my voters in District 67 north of Collin County and all across this state uh, agree that when their taxes are raised more than that, four, five, six, eight, nine percent, that they should have a say as to whether that's necessary or not. Now, with respect to uh, what is the ongoing um, assault on people of faith across this country and people who are standing up for life, we've seen it um, in outrageously um, abhorrent forms with New York and Virginia, almost the celebration of in what, what I don't think can be called anything less than infanticide. You have a governor in Virginia who is publicly admitting and standing by his comments that a baby after giving, you're, you're basically talking about fourth term abortions, a baby that has been born well, still yeah, has no right to life in Virginia under that, that proposal that the governor is supporting. That's just outrageous. And you know what? I, I, of course, pro-life conservatives all across this country are outraged, but I believe very strongly, too, Jonathan, that the majority of, of moderate Republicans and, yes, even Democrats yep. do not support that and, uh, and will not support that or stand for it. And so we have to continue to stand for life, to fight for life, and to create a culture of life in this country. And that starts here on the front lines in the state of Texas. No, I'm with you on that. We're talking with State Representative Jeff Leach 
from the Plano area. He graduated from Plano High School, went to undergrad at Baylor University. This station does broadcast Baylor athletics and then received his law degree from SMU. You're absolutely right. There are a lot of Democrats that are like, that's way too far. I mean, many of them, you know, are somewhat quietly a few times support abortion or maybe consider themselves pro-choice, however they want to term it. But you start getting into these late-term abortions. And look, we've had laws in place at the federal level that ban what what are called born-alive abortions. Or, you know, there was a Born-Alive Infant Protection Act because some people don't want to recognize that there's got to be some line at some point. I mean, and, and you and I believe that that life begins at conception, but for a whole host of other people, they're like, well, wait a minute, I might think this is okay earlier in the process, but goodness sakes, when, when a baby is full term, uh, should there be any question? And for some people, there isn't. And you're right. There are a lot of Democrats, and we've tried to really work on our messaging. So some Democrats realize we're not trying to label all of them the same because those Democrats that are with us, we don't want to isolate them as well. We want to keep them as much um, supporting some of the measures that we do that are reasonable. That's exactly right. And, um, and, and look, we're, we're going to, we're going to come alongside of, of women in this state who are faced with a very difficult decision. Of course, if, uh, we, we don't believe that abortion is the answer, which is why we've invested in adoption. We've invested in women's health services. We've yep. uh, reformed CPS and foster care. We have created a positive culture of life in this state. But, you know, when I, when I see what happened in New York, the celebration of that awful bill that they passed, and then what's happened in Virginia this week, as, as, as scary and shocking as it is, I'm actually glad that it happened because it's showing the true colors of liberal Democrats and and uh, people in that form that that do not value life, that certainly do not are not willing to fight for life at that stage. That baby, there is nothing more helpless than that baby who has been born and lying on a table expecting a mother and that doctor to care for him. When the Virgi- the governor of Virginia is discussing whether the mother and the doctor can let that baby die there on that table, that is a shocking statement of public policy. The vast majority of Americans are against that, will not stand for that. And like I said, Texas has to continue to be on the front lines in the fight for life. And for as long as I'm down here, Jonathan, and I know as long as you're involved as well, we're going to continue to do just that. Amen to that. One of the measures we're working on, several pro-life measures, but one of it is stopping funding from to from local governments like the city of Austin to entities like Planned Parenthood. They signed a sweetheart deal where they're getting rent for $1 a year for 20 years in East Austin where property taxes are skyrocketing. They're closing public schools, but they're giving Planned Parenthood a sweetheart deal. That's something we'll be working on, closing that loophole. I'm sure you'll be supporting as well. State Representative Jeff Leach has got to go. He's at the Capitol doing the people's work, and he's been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Representative Leach. Jonathan, hey, thank you for all you do. God bless to you and your listeners. All right. Well, it's great to have him in to be on the show, to give us an insight, and he's going to play an important role, Representative Leach's this session. Okay, so I'm going to get personal for a second now that Jeff Leach is off the the line and and I don't have to be as professional amongst elected officials, if you will. So I got my glasses on, the Facebook Live, and if you're listening on the radio, you want to go back and check us up on Facebook, tell me what you think. Do you like the look? Is it off a little bit? Is it not me? Does it improve my look? Maybe. I don't know. Should I even care about my look? Okay. Hey, I'm just trying to have a little bit of fun on a Friday morning. All right. It's a little, little hazy out there. Drop us a comment. Let us know you're watching. So tell us, you know, what you think. Glasses? No glasses. Which one? I got these, these things are so big, it's hard to take them off. Okay. So, but there are these progressive lenses. 
I don't know if you've heard of these, so I'm nearsighted, but I also need to read closely, where if you look down, you can see closely. If you look up a little bit, you can see far away. All right, I'll get off of the whole uh, personality so y'all don't think I'm so into myself, okay? But it is nice to be able to see accurately because I'm walking through the Capitol every day and people are like, you know, 15, 20 feet from me and they're like, hey, Jonathan, and I'm like, hey, Joe, <laughs> once they get to me, because I just do not like wearing contact lenses. I have an astigmatism and it's and it's been uh, tough at times to get a pair that I can really count on and frankly that I could be responsible enough to keep clean because I do have three children and I'm running a business. All right, I'm, I'll stop making excuses. So look, the ban the Bible effort, okay, we oppose these ban the Bible bills has just gone through the roof, okay? I'm just going to tell y'all. I've been doing work at the Texas Capitol and working on these issues since 2007. I have some sense of the history and, and when you can recognize that people are fired up about something. We have had almost 30,000 emails sent to Texas House and Senate members in just over a week. It is hard for me to recall an effort where we got that kind of response. That's more emails than we had go through our system when Judge Kavanaugh was being confirmed. Okay, and you remember how hot that issue was. It was like an inferno, okay? That that thing blew up. We've had more emails sent to members on this issue than on Kavanaugh. But it just goes to tell you that people understand what's going on and they've had enough, okay? These bills take the word sexual orientation and gender identity and put them into a variety of places in state law that allow the government. This creates new expanded government talking about bigger government and and allows people that have those views and lifestyles that are gay, homosexual, transgender, questioning, pansexual, whatever it is their label is on sexuality and gender identity. If you don't agree with their self-perception, and it says that in these laws, whether actual or perceived, they don't have to look, they don't have to be a man that looks like a woman talks like a woman or dresses. They just have to be a biological man that feels like a woman, okay? And I'm not trying to be cute, flippant, or disrespectful. I'm being accurate. Look at the language of the bill. It says actual or perceived, okay? You don't have to dress, look, or talk a different way. You simply in your own mind can have that as your own perception, okay? And it happens. It's real. This is... And so this is how these laws are written. And so when someone of faith doesn't agree with that and wants to counsel someone in that regard, even if that person wants counseling in that regard, these laws say, no, that's a violation of law. You're going to be fined for that. Okay. If you have a business where you create messages that are based on biblical issues, if you run a bookstore, okay, I mean, you have to wonder about some of these things, okay? You go to places like Hobby Lobby, um, Mardell's, I think is like a Christian bookstore. Um, What's the other one? Family Christian bookstores. They sell books that talk about issues of sexuality from a faith perspective. What about people that work there and say, I don't want that book being sold here? That makes me feel uncomfortable and discriminated as an employee. Wow. Wow. I mean, there's just a whole 
host of things here in these bills. House Bill 244, House Bill 254, Senate Bill 151. We got people calling us and emailing from all over the state. They are upset because these ban the Bible bills put people in a position to use the government to punish people of faith that disagree with them on these issues. We're not talking about tolerance. We're not talking about coexisting. We're not talking about people doing whatever they want in the privacy of their bedroom. They've gone way beyond that. This is compliance. You must believe this way. You must live your life a certain way. Even your private business, even your Christian ministry would be required to do these things, arguably. And if you don't, you're going to be punished. So if you have a Bible on your desk, as an employee or the employer, you might have to put it away or be banned from showing it because it's going to make someone uncomfortable because of what it says. And they might feel harassed or uncomfortable as an employee. If you're a Christian counselor and you got a Bible sitting on your coffee table, a client walks in and says, I'm struggling with my sexual identity. I want to have some insight on how to do it. Can we can we use the Bible and talk about our my biblical beliefs to help me um, not withhold, excuse me, to resist this behavior or this attraction I have. These state laws or bills that are being proposed say, no, you can't do it. That Bible is banned, literally, from being a part of that process because of the way this legislation works. That is the practical effect of it. And that is the goal for many people. I'm not saying all. Okay, I, you know Whether or not these representatives will say that, whether it's their goal or not, for some people, I certainly believe it is. I mean, the, the intersection here is the biblical basis and definition of marriage and sexuality. For so many people like Jack Phillips, a, bake, a Christian cake baker, he's had to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court to stop the government from forcing him to write a message on custom cakes that he makes supporting a definition of marriage that violates his conscience as a Christian. That violates, and where do those words come from? They come from the Bible. That is the source. This is what it's about. These bills are called ban the Bible bills because that is their practical effect. And for some people, that is their goal. There's no exaggeration. It's the truth. And that's why it's resonated so well. Because people have seen it, they started to feel it, and now they know it. And they're not going to stand for it. More bills like this have already been filed. You want a solution? More specific religious liberty protection and state law. And people have to understand when the words sexual orientation and gender identity separately or together, and, and, and these days they're, they're lumping them together, when they are marketed as non-discrimination protection, that is not the truth of what's happening because these laws are used to discriminate against Christians and people of religious faith that believe marriage is between a man and a woman. That is what the other side is seeking. They don't want to coexist. They don't want to be tolerant. They don't want love to win. They want their views and sexuality to win. And they want the government to say who wins. Okay? We are not going to stand by and say it's not as bad as maybe 
some may think. It is as bad. It is that bad. And for a group and a movement who two years ago said the government shouldn't be telling people what to do in their private bathrooms, nonsense. That's exactly what they're doing with these bills. Some of the legislation is exactly about that. It's about, it it says it applies to public accommodations, okay? And I'm just going to tell you, as a lawyer that works in this area, and you ask other people that work in civil rights, public accommodations is about where people decide to use the restroom, even in private businesses. So Hobby Lobby, Christian bookstores. I I mean, it's possible you could have churches that have a bookstore and a bathroom could have to deal with this. They do want the government to tell people which bathroom they can and can't use or how they can use it on their private property. They just didn't like it two years ago because they didn't want people to have that freedom. They want people to be forced to do it their way, and they want the government to enforce it. you got to know the truth on this issue. The opposed... So go to our website, nobibleband.com. You can see it on the back of my computer if this is up in the shot. All right. The solution to this, and it's made it clear. I mean, the other side has made it clear what they're targeting, and they left us no choice but to say, we've got to have more specific protection for religious liberty and state law. Otherwise, they're going to run over people on these issues locally and throughout the state. There's already a wedding venue in North Texas that's been targeted Um, with complaints and criticism, it's like on a farm somewhere, okay? And somehow a same-sex couple found it, asked to have their wedding there, and they said they were shocked. Oh, we couldn't believe they wouldn't allow us to have our wedding there. Really? Come on. Okay, same-sex marriage was just legalized a few years ago, and there's a case at the U.S. Supreme Court on these issues, I, I find it very hard to believe that they were shocked. Very hard to believe. But it was telling that in the article on this, they did say, yes, they have a right to not have this here, but it's 2019. So come on. What does that mean? It's 2019. These are fundamental principles of religious liberty. They do not change year after year. There's a reason why the freedom of religious expression and that includes actions, is in the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. It doesn't get more important than that. In this recent moment of people claiming that their views should override that is not true, and we're not going to let it happen. They've got their argument to make, and it's not strong enough to overcome the Supreme Court and the U.S. Constitution. But the only way we can make that clear is to have it in state law. The only way we can do this work is if you support us. And I might give a bigger donation if you want me to take the glasses off. I'm up for that. But we need your donations. TXValues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today so we can continue to do the work for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. March 13th is our Faith and Family Day at the Capitol. Sign up today at TXValues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.